0: Welcome to Truth Is Now Treason. You've just got Dietrich today. Lennox is recovering from her surgery and she's just not yet up to doing this. So it's just going to be you and me today. And we had an icon who left us just a couple weeks ago, Tina Turner. She called herself, and quite accurately, the queen of rock and roll. Now, for those of you who don't know who she is, she had a string of hits that dated from the 60s all the way to the 90s. That's quite an accomplishment. You know, among her biggest hits were Proud Mary, Private dancer and what's love got to do with it? Now, these are just a few among many. She holds the record for the largest crowd ever to see a solo artist perform at 180,000 people. You could arguably say that she helped pave the way for female black solo artists for decades. However, we want to focus on something that she paved the way for that was much harder, but really to us here at Truth Is Now Treason, much more important, far more enduring. But to understand this part of the story, you need to understand who she was and where she came from. The way that Tina got her start in singing was with the man who became her first husband, Ike Herner. They met when Tina was just 17. He saw his group, things of rhythm perform, and she wanted him to hear her sing. Now, Obviously, she made quite an impression on Ike. He spotted her star quality, and he made her his lead singer. He chose her stage name. He lavished her with clothes and jewelry. They married in 1962. And Tina, who had already experienced the pain of being rejected as a child by her mother, promised Ike that she wouldn't leave him. That's something she later came to regret. That's because Tina did leave Ike in 1976. She fled the hotel room that they were in, ran across the highway to a Ramada, only a gas station credit card and 36 cents to her name. Her divorce was final in 1978. It wasn't until years later, in an interview in 1981, that the public found out the reason for the divorce. It was because of the borderline insane behavior, probably as a result of cocaine addiction, and the constant beatings and abuse that she received from Ike. I was insanely afraid of that man, she told People Magazine in 1981, revealing the painful reality behind the hugely successful musical duo. Tina's scorching description of their marriage included being made to watch a live sex show in a brothel on their wedding night and being beaten with a shoe stretcher while she was pregnant. She also spoke about Ike throwing scalding hot coffee at her and of being brutalized with a coat hanger. In 1968, Tina attempted suicide by overdosing on pills. She wrote in her 2018 memoir, I knew I should leave, but I had no money and I didn't know how to take the first step. At my lowest, I convinced myself that death was my only way out. I felt obligated to stay there, and I was afraid, she told the interviewer. I didn't want to hurt him, and after he beat me up, I was sitting there all bruised and torn, and suddenly, I'm feeling sorry for him. Maybe I was brainwashed. He described it like this. I was living a life of death. I didn't fear like killing me when I left, because I was already dead. Now, Ike Turner, who died in 2007, always denied his ex-wife's claims that he abused her. He expressed frustration that he had been demonized in the media. But when you look at some of the words that he said, it was obvious he did abuse her. In a 1985 interview with Spin Magazine, Ike said, It's years ago that I had a temper. I don't regret nothing I've ever done. Absolutely nothing. Yeah, I hit her, but I didn't hit her more than the average guy beats his wife. End quote. That shows you the skewed mentality, Ike Turner. In his 2001 autobiography, Taking Back My Name, Ike wrote, Sure, I slapped Tina. There have been times when I punched her to the ground without thinking, but I never beat her. Yeah, Ike, that's really you taking back your name there, isn't it? You might be thinking, why are you guys talking about this? Talking about this because there was something that happened as a result of Tina admitting what her past was like. Dr. Lenore Walker is the director of the Domestic Violence Institute in England, which provides support for victims of domestic abuse. He thinks Tina's decision to speak out was hugely important. He said, In 1981, we were just learning about the extent of domestic violence in homes. She told the BBC, It was often thought to be only poor women without resources who were abused. When Tina Turner spoke out about her life, it brought awareness to the fact that domestic violence was everywhere. Tina Turner deciding to not be silent about the pain she went through opened doors for women to be able to admit that they were being abused. Now that sounds weird. Forty years later, that this would be an issue for women. Unfortunately, it was. Now this all happened because Tina refused to be silent about the pain that she was going through. I've got a question for you. How many times have we all gone to church or work or wherever, been around any group of people, and we said or acted like it's good? We're walking around acting, I'm good, I have it all together, no problems here. When the reality is far from that, we've all done it. A woman at the well who was conversing with Jesus was acting like everything was fine with her. Until Jesus pointed out what was happening in her life. The Pharisees who caught the woman in the act of adultery were the epitome of holier than thou. Until Jesus pointed out their own sin. You know, so often we like to act like everything is good when it's all a dumpster fire. What happens when we decide to be real, when we decide to be truly authentic? And now, again, I'm not talking about this, I'm just being authentic, bullcrap, we hear somebody spout, but actually being real and honest with people. Listen to the criminal on the cross next to Jesus, who was honest about who he was. And this is from the book of Matthew. One of the criminals hanging alongside, first him, him being Jesus. Some Messiah you are, save yourself, save us. But the other one made him shut up. Have you no fear of God? You're getting the same as him. We deserve this, but not him. He did nothing to deserve this. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you enter your kingdom. And Jesus said, don't worry, I will. Today you will join me in paradise. The criminal that knew who he was and who Jesus was was being real about himself. What was the reaction of Jesus? Don't worry. Today you will join me in paradise. Why did Jesus say this to him? Because he was repentant. The criminal knew who he was. And considering who Jesus was and how everybody probably knew about him at that time in that area, we can be pretty sure he knew who Jesus was and the incredible miracles that he did as well. Another example is a story Jesus tells of the Pharisee and the tax collector, who both go to the temple and pray. The Pharisee says, I thank God that I'm not like that to the tax collector. Well, the tax collector prays to God and says, God, give mercy. Forgive me, sinner. Jesus says that the tax collector is the one who goes home forgiven. Jesus offers forgiveness when we are honest and repentant about who we are. That's the first step. Be honest about who we are. If we're living a lie, then there is no ability to face the reality that our lives are broken. Lena had the guts who admit that she was broken and the world changed for the better. People began to understand that this was a problem in homes all over the world. Women felt like others would believe them if they admitted this was going on. They felt like there was someone else who had experienced what they were going through. We as Christians need to realize we can have the same influence. When we admit to others the things that we have gone through, and especially when we talk about what God has delivered us from, This will reach others in a way nothing else can. Presenting the false front that we've got it all together impresses no one. It draws no one to God, and it certainly doesn't impress God. Now, if we're being honest, when we're doing this, all we're doing is trying to get others to worship us. Now, there is another aspect to this. Tina Turner literally turned the tables on men who were abusers. Her admitting the situation that she escaped helped open the door for other women. What she did is awesome. What she did created freedom. And that is the thing we love to celebrate the most here at Truth Is Now Treason. Freedom. She opened the door for people talking about how abuse is there and it is wrong and we must fight for those who suffer from abuse. So here's my question. What have you suffered from? What has held you back? What is holding you back? What have you conquered? What have you conquered through Christ? What if you decided... That you were no longer going to hide what was or is happening. And you decided that you were going to share your struggles, your victories, and then let the real you shine. Who'd need to hear that? What would change because of that? You know, Tina decided that silence was no longer acceptable. Things changed. Who needs to hear from you about what you have gone through so that they can see someone else? who came through on the other side, and that gives them the push so that they can too? Or are you still struggling and you need to share your struggle with somebody that you respect spiritually and as a Christian so that they can help you find victory and then you can pass that victory on to others as well? Gina said this about abuse. She said, for anyone who's in an abusive relationship, I say this, nothing can be worse than where you are now. Nothing. When you are in an abusive relationship, everything tells you that you are worthless. Here's another thing that we, especially as the body of Christ, need to consider. We, in all reality, often have no idea what someone's going through. They may be living a life that is a nightmare, and yes, they might be in a cage that they have created of their own doing. The world's going to know we are God's people by how much love we show. We're failing in this. There's no opportunity like the present to change that. I want you to think about this quote from Louis Biscaglia. He said, Too often we underestimate the power of a touch, a smile, a kind word, a listening ear, an honest compliment, or the smallest act of caringness, all of which have the potential to turn a life around. What does love have to do with it? Turns out, everything. Rest in peace, Tina. Until next time, fellow traders.